0: Welcome to the Like, Bite, and Share podcast, brought to you by Schweid & Sons. Learn the secrets of food and hospitality marketing from some of the best professionals in the food business. Here are your co-hosts, Rev Ciancio from Schweid & Sons and Brad Garun from BurgerWeekly.com.
1: What's up, everybody? Uh, I'm Brad Garun from Burger Weekly, and I'm here with Rev Ciancio from Schweid & Sons. Welcome to another episode of the show. Uh, Today, we're going to have on Carrie Garcia. She is the woman behind Fat Girl Hedonist, the wildly popular food blog down in Miami, and now uh, with with notoriety nationwide, thanks to her very, very outstanding and popular social media channels.
0: Rev, what's going on? You had a big weekend. Hi, buddy. I did. It was July 4th here, I guess, in New York City and all around the globe. Uh, And for those that don't know, here in New York City, is home to the Nathan's Hot Dog uh, Eating Contest. It happens every July 4th in Coney Island. Uh, Nathan's is a, a hot dog restaurant that's been around since I couldn't tell you. Uh, but you know, every year I say, I'm going to go, I watch it on TV every year. And my wife and I are like, "Oh, we should go, we should go, we should go. Uh, and this year I actually got invited to be a judge. So (laughs) it was pretty fun. Uh, the, the judging, I basically, you get called in, you stand right in front of the contestant and you have to make sure that they eat the entire hot dog. Uh, it was funny. They didn't really give us any instruction. They're kind of like, so walk up and do this. And I'm sort of asking other guys like, Hey, have you done this before? What do we do? How do we figure this out? And, and the key is right, Brad, that most of them eat the hot dog in the bun separately, mm-hmm. right? And you don't count it as eaten until they finish the bun. So most of them will grab like a a, a frank or, or and put one in their mouth, or the two franks at a time, and then one bun. So they might have been, might be ahead on franks, but behind on buns. Very very interesting system to learn. Do any of them do bun first and then frank? Um, I was pretty. I tried to take it as seriously as possible. I know that sounds crazy. Uh, so I was really transfixed on the contestants that I was judging, mm-hmm. um, and the ones that I, were judging, that, that I was judging was eating the dog and then the bun. The, the one that I judged a, a woman uh, contestant and a, man, and a man contestant, the woman did dog bun, dog bun, dog bun, whereas the, the, uh, the man did two dogs, one bun, two dogs, one bun. Got it. So they're really just carbo-backloading. It's a little bit like that, but it, listen, it was a super fun event. I, I'm hoping to do it again next year. Uh, anybody that follows me on social media, I, I think you pointed out, I just berate them with uh, with some photos from this weekend. Yeah, so.
1: you'll you'll hear in our in our conversation with uh, Carrie, I give Rev a little bit of a call out for his, his insta abusing, <laughs> and we, that's one way to put it. So, what
0: did you do with your July Fourth weekend?
1: Uh, I had a big old barbecue in my backyard, which was great. We had some Schweden Sons beef, which was outstanding. It Put to shame the Trader Joe's beef that we had a supplemental. Uh, come on, come on, come
0: on. Come on. <laughs> I mean, when it's true, it's true.
1: Uh, we had a lot. It was about half Americans, half Australians. And I think the Australians might have been more into the holiday than the Americans were. They were all decked out in red, white, and blue gear. And they put on star stickers all over their faces. It, it made for a really fun holiday. Uh, everyone really enjoyed the food. I mean, I've been eating nonstop since since July 3rd. Since you know I had that day off work, July 4th eating- Went down to Red Hook, uh, ate at Red Hook Lobster Pound, and had a drink at Fort Defiance, went and had more food at Hometown Barbecue, all because I thought, oh, I rode my bike down here. I can do whatever I want (laughs) food-wise. But today, I am moving slow. So I'd like to think that next year I'll do it differently, but I won't. won't.
0: Your your calorie net zero game was on, at least in your head? Totally
1: 100% in my head, (laughs) and the rest of my body, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right great well uh, it sounds like you had one for the ages um, let's take this conversation to carrie garcia and see what she has to say about food in the social media sphere
0: hi i want to welcome carrie garcia to the uh, show today she's known on the uh, instagrams and the interwebs as fat girl hedonist uh, Carrie has a uh, quite an active social life, as, as we'll discover here throughout the show. She's been featured on Thrillist, Miami New Times, Eater. Uh, she even won a best food blog in 2015 from the Berge Awards. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, if you follow uh, Fat Girl Hedonist on Instagram, you'll see that most of her posts get between about eight or 900 posts. And uh, that, makes, uh, that makes people like me and like Brad here very, very jealous. Isn't that right, Brad? Yeah, I'm seething with jealousy. <laughs> Carrie, welcome to the show.
2: Well, thank you for having me.
0: We're we're excited. We're excited to uh, find out why we are so jealous of your Instagram posts.
2: I, I'm I'm sorry. I think. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so tell before we tell people about how to get 900 likes every time you post a picture of cake. Uh, tell tell everybody a little bit about you and your backstory.
2: All right. Well, um, I live down in Miami, Florida. Um, My day job consists of being a social worker at a psychiatric hospital. Whoa. And about five years ago, I needed to have some sort of outlet, some sort of stress relief because, as you can imagine, my job is kind of stressful. And my friends all kind of unanimously suggested I start a food blog because I'm always dragging them to weird restaurants that are not Chili's or Cheesecake (laughs) Factory. So, um... I bit the bullet and gave it a shot and it's kind of taken on a life of its own since.
0: And how long, is, uh, how long has Helen's the blog been around?
2: The uh, blog's been around for a little over 4 years now.
0: What was the first thing what was the first restaurant you wrote about?
2: Um it was actually about a few food trucks. Um it was right when the food truck scene was starting to explode here in, in South Florida. So I wrote about um maybe 2-3 food trucks that were at a roundup. Some good, some bad, um, but it was um, Jefe's Original Tacos. I believe Gastropod was another food truck that I mentioned. and um, I believe Sugar Yummy Mama was another food truck that I mentioned, all three of which are still around today.
0: Nice. I- I've had a burger from Jefe's. It is quite delicious.
2: It is really tasty. <laughs> and the, actually, we- that's what I mentioned in the blog post. The burger? Yeah, the burger. It's is a fantastic burger
0: this is a very burger-friendly podcast. <laughs> where does the uh, where does the name come from?
2: It just kind of came to me. Um, I mean, I, I'm I've always been overweight. I've always been chunky, if, if you want to call it that. Um, so it was kind of like my way of embracing that. And at the same time, you know, there's there's a certain kind of pleasure you get from eating like a really cheesy, delicious mac and cheese, or like a really gluttonous like cheeseburger that's like dripping with bacon fat. Um, and that kind of just like hedonism, along with embracing the whole fat girl persona, I guess you could say, I kind of just slap the two together.
0: Do you get any? Uh, you know, like that, that name, it can be polarizing for people. Do you get any negative feedback on that?
2: Oh, I mean, I've gotten a few people asking if I do porn with like vegetables or stuff like that. Oh. Um, or if if you know people, I in the beginning I would get like people with like a porn names or, like, XXX, like, Twitter handles following me, and I'm sure they were expecting something very different than, like, cupcakes and, and cookies. Um, That's really interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that doesn't happen as much anymore. Um, but but in the beginning, yeah, it was it, people were definitely expecting something else.
1: That's so funny. Over the weekend, uh, I mentioned to my girlfriend that we were going to be talking to you for the podcast. And she asked me a question, I think it, it bears asking you, how do you feel about, how would you feel if someone had a name similar to yours, fat girl this, fat guy this, but were like exceptionally skinny people, like when people talk about going on a fat girl diet?
2: Oh yeah, I, I mean that, well, well that happens all the time, it, regularly you'll see a girl that is a size zero say, oh my god, I'm so fat, and you kind of just want to stab her in the face. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you mean, you're so fat, you're size zero. Um, and that happens. And there are other blogs out there that that do have similar names, and are definitely not are overweight. And that happens. I mean, it, it is what it is. Um, am I going to go on like a Twitter rampage over it? No.
0: I didn't intend to ask a bunch of questions about this, but I'm curious now that we're on, on subject. Does the the body image issue ever come up in any of the social conversations around your uh, your your brand or your posts?
2: Oh yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it's come up. Um, you know, I've had. Um, companies deter from doing um, any kind of campaigns with me because of the name Fat Girl. Really? Um, whereas I'm taking it on and kind of embracing it and trying to make it a positive. Um, companies see the stigma be t- behind calling someone Fat Girl and they don't want to associate with that. So I've, I've, that, that's a, that's happened in the past. Um, you know, I did write a blog post once where I kind of discussed my own body image issues and how... I've decided to kind of make it a positive and kind of I knew when I started a food blog and being overweight that I was going to have people kind of say, well, of course, you have a food blog, you're, you're, you're heavy. Um, and when I kind of just said, you know, I'm going to beat them to the punch and, and just kind of own it. Um, so that's definitely come up in the past. Um, it's, it's something I'm sure that will continue to come up eventually. Um, but I don't really have an issue with it. It, it is what it is. For you. Or, you know.
0: Do you have a, a strategy for dealing with trolls on any of your social media platforms?
2: Uh, I block them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's it, they're gone.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm not... I, I've dealt with... Unfortunately, I, I've dealt with trolls that are other bloggers. Um, and you'll... Whether you like it or not, you'll eventually see them in, in social settings when they live here in, in South Florida. Um, so you, you can't really escape those kinds of trolls, but when it's like some, you know, person on on Instagram that's just trolling and and leaving really nasty, hateful comments, I'm not going to engage them. I'm not going to kind of put myself at their level. I'm just going to block them. Um, They're not going to be able to say whatever they want on my picture, so I just kind of get rid of them.
0: (laughs) There are more than enough other corners of the internet for them to get their troll on
2: exactly you know and it it, 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 it i think it, it's worse if i lower myself to that level and engage them because that's exactly what they want they're just, they're fishing for, for for attention and if i if i give them what they want i'm just enabling that behavior and there's really no point in that
0: so what is uh, what is the goal of the blog itself
2: um you know at this point i kind of don't know <laughs> um, <laughs> it it started off as an outlet for myself because of 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 work um, and at this point, I, I keep telling myself I'll keep doing it as long as it's fun. You know, there's been times going back to the whole trolling situation where you know it's been other bloggers here in the South Florida scene that have become those trolls. So it, it hasn't been fun in those moments. And at that time, like I've kind of taken a step away from it, and I won't I, I won't really engage in in the blog for a month or so. Um, but At the time being, it's still just a hobby, and it's still just something that's a fun outlet for me. Where it'll be in 10 years, I have no clue.
0: (laughs) How often do you blog versus make a post on social media?
2: Um, Blog, to find the time to actually sit down, right, it's become a lot harder um, for me. So I, I try to blog at least once a week, um, I wish I could do a daily post. That would be amazing. But um, working 60, 70 hours a week, it's kind of hard. So um, I definitely um, write at least once a week. Those times where I've been hit a wall and just, you know, kind of lost that mojo, um, you know, I, I could go a whole month without writing anything, um, which is a shame. Cause, I mean, it is a cathartic experience for me to be able to write and, and get whatever it is out. Um, but versus social media. I mean, on Instagram, I usually post at least once a day. Um, same thing for the Facebook. On Twitter, Twitter is more where, like, I'll vent. Um, so sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll tweet. I I'll try to keep it short and sweet, maybe three, three to five times a day.
0: Now, the, the pictures that you're putting up on, let's say, Instagram, are, are you, is that all, like, pictures of food you're taking, or are you getting it from multiple sources?
2: No, no, no. I mean, if, if occasionally what I'll do is I'll, I'll feature someone that uses the hashtag fat girl hedonist, um, but other than that, those are my own pictures. Um, the pictures, I, I, I do add a watermark to the bottom because I, I for a while there I was experiencing a lot of people kind of stealing my photos, so I decided to add a watermark at the bottom. So any photo that's taken by me has that watermark. And
0: um, what do you, what do you use to put that watermark on the photo?
2: It's an app. It's uh, called iWatermark. Um, you you can either write out whatever you want your watermark to be. Um, you can upload an image and use that, which is what I do. Um, or you can use a symbol of some sort. Um, it, it's a pretty nifty app. It's I, I mean, it's what I've been using for a couple years now.
1: Uh, given how much brands now want to be uh, taken seriously on Instagram and seen by a lot of people on Instagram and how popular your Instagram handle is. Do you ever find now that there's a temptation to move away from the blog and focus almost, you know, entirely on social media?
2: I mean, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's a lot easier to, you know, snap a picture of of a hot dog and, you know, write out a sentence and just kind of blast it across the internet, whereas sit down for maybe an hour or two, edit photos, write paragraphs, you know, get detailed information, maybe even do research on what you're, you're, you're posting about. You know, it, it's, it's a lot quicker and, and nowadays I'd say even more efficient. You have At least for me, if I post something on Instagram, there's a possibility that well over 30,000 people will get to see it. Wow. If I run it on my blog, there's a good chance that not a lot of people are going to see it just because to get them to click over from the Instagram to the blog is almost impossible. Um, because everyone wants instant gratification. You, you're asking someone to make an extra click, oh, that's too much trouble. So it's almost it's almost easier to just keep up the social media and, and you have the possibility of even reaching more people that way, at least in my experience.
1: Do you feel like you're losing anything by not drawing people into the blog or not um, having that content available? Or... Is it, do you get just as much out of out on Instagram?
2: Um, I know I feel, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, like, for me, the writing aspect of it is, is cathartic, you know. I, I started off the blog with the idea that it was kind of like a, my restaurant journal. Um, and, you know, to keep an idea of what restaurants are good and what restaurants suck. So, <laughs> it's, um. I, I know on a personal level I'm kind of missing out on something just because I miss that writing, but you know, to carve out the time for it at this point in my life, it's kind of hard, whereas with the social media, it's way it's too easy. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know exactly how you feel. I, you know, I write the, the Burger Weekly, this blog, and it, 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 for me, every time I put up a post, I feel very good about it, but then when that post actually goes live and I try to get people to go to it, I find it very frustrating, and so yeah. I think, like, even for the blogger, you need that instant gratification for yourself to see that, like, people are really responding to what you're doing.
2: Mm-hmm. And when you don't get it, you're not getting that that um, you know that that feedback. It it it's almost disencouraging. It's 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 almost pushing you in the opposite direction, which is a shame.
0: So when 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 a, a restaurant or a publicist or a brand is reaching out to you um, because they either want to encourage you to check out their product or to come to their restaurant or whatever, do they do you find that they're often mentioning, oh, I'd like to get on your Instagram or I'm looking for a blog post. Do they have requests like that?
2: Oh yeah, I mean. They're they're pretty blunt down here. Um, you know, they will tell you, oh, we'd love to have you into a restaurant, but you know, in exchange, we're expecting a blog post and at least three or four, you know, images on 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 Instagram. Um, and that that's a lot for just a free meal, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I personally, just because, I, I I hate feeling obligated. Like if I feel if I, like, let's say I take a restaurant up on a, on a, on a comp meal, then I, I feel like this obligation, like, okay, great, now I have to say they're good because they gave me a free meal. So I, I usually don't accept meals from, from restaurants. Um, like, I'll go check them out on my own dime, like, on my own without them knowing I'm there. Um, but just that way, I feel like I, I can keep that, that ability to say, you know what, this place sucks, and I don't think you should come here for X, Y, Z reasons. Um, I, in that way I I, I feel like I, my conscience doesn't feel bad because <laughs> if I took them up on a free meal and then I'm, I'm telling my followers hey check out this place but they really sucked Like I'm doing a disservice to my followers I'm doing a disservice to myself and I'm also doing a disservice to the restaurant just because they think they're putting out a great product and they're not but because I've gotten a free meal now I all of a sudden feel Obligated to boost them up.
0: All right, this is this is a question for the both of you, but we'll, we'll let Carrie go first. When you eat at a restaurant and you have a bad item or a bad experience, do you feel obligated to say something while you're in the restaurant?
2: It depends how bad. I mean, if if it was like just a horrible experience uh, from beginning to end, I, I will say something. Um, but I will never drop the, oh, I'm a food blogger card. I'll just say, hey, I, I, I just ate here. Um, the food was horrible. This was cold. That was cold. You know, the, the, the service wasn't good. Um, you know, but, and, and I, I'll, I'll have no problem talking to a manager about it. But I won't drop the, oh, by the way, I'm a food blogger, and there's a chance that I might discuss this on social media or, or write a blog post.
1: How, how about you, Brad? Uh, Yeah, it also depends. But for me, for the last couple of years, I I haven't been invited to a place where I've had something that was, you know, actively pretty bad. And I don't know what I would do in that situation. I'm glad I've never been. Oh, no, one time I did find myself in that situation. And I told them the food was served cold and this, you know, this wasn't great and the service was pretty bad. And they did want me to write about it. And I said, um, you know, I, I know you invited me in, you wanted me to write something about it, but for both of our sakes, I'm actually just not going to write anything. I'm not going to write anything negative, positive, I'm just not going to write anything. And then if I'm there on my own, it depends a lot on who I'm with because I find that the company that I keep uh, has a big effect on how I react to things. So like, let's say if I'm there with certain friends, I'm very likely to let it go. If I'm there with other friends, I'm pretty likely to say something. And then if I'm there with, like, say, my family or my girlfriend, I'm pretty likely to get like really steamed about it and say quite a bit. Carrie, do you ever write negative reviews
2: yeah I have
1: how do you find that your audiences react to your negative reviews
2: honestly like if you check my 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 most popular posts on my blog like it's history they're all the negative reviews
1: Wow <laughs> that's <laughs> wow. I find that really surprising
2: yeah I mean, and, and the way I see it it's I mean I can blow up smoke up anybody's you know restaurant but is <laughs> People, especially like the people I kind of write for, which is people similar to myself. You know, we work hard. If we go to a nice restaurant, um, you know, it's it's for a special occasion. They they want to know where not to spend their hard earned money. So I've gotten I, my negative posts usually get a lot of good feedback.
0: <laughs> wow, That's yeah, and
2: they're my most popular posts too.
0: Do you have you? Do you feel like you've affected change when you write something negative?
2: Um. To a certain extent, I, I know it, it's, it's definitely stirred up a few pots. Um, I, some of those restaurants have been so awful, I, I've never gone back, and I've even gotten a couple death threats.
1: How did you handle the death threats?
2: Um, you know that that, that was a first for me, and I, I it was a it was actually a waiter at at a restaurant that I had written about. Um. And I, I sent it. I, you know, I took screenshots and I sent the, I sent um, the screenshots over to the restaurant uh, manager. And I said, you know, I understand if, if you as an entity are upset from my post, but this is way over, over the line. Um, you know, and they replied. They, they apologized, obviously. Um, looking through the person's, because um, it was on Instagram and their, their account was public looking through their account, I mean, they, they were probably no, nowhere near the age of 18, they were younger than that, um, and I, I didn't take it seriously, obviously, it could have gone very differently, but, you know, they, the restaurant handled it on their end, but I didn't pursue it in any legal, you know, matter.
0: Woof. does that person still work there?
2: I don't know, I, I doubt it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I kind of kind of feel like if you're bringing that attitude to a customer service business, you're not along for it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I don't think so. You're not
0: suited for that kind of business. That got that got pretty real there for a second. <laughs> but I guess look, I think that's pretty important information. You know what to do when when you have something negative to say and you know the restaurant is, is unhappy. I I usually take. A, I mean, I don't write my blog anymore, but I used to take the road that Brad did. Like if I had a negative experience I would just tell somebody in the restaurant or I would tell them I'd get to my contact later and just not say anything. But I know that as a former restaurant and bar owner, I would appreciate it if somebody said something to me in person. So
2: Yeah. No, and 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 the posts I've written for the most part they've all been the negative ones rather. They've all been where I've spoken to someone there, you know, while the dining experience was happening and they kind of just completely disregarded what I had to say. And at that point, it's like, well, I, 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 again, like, I don't mention, oh, I'm a food blogger, and you know, this and this. No, I, I don't do that. I don't feel like I should, I should have to. Um, so that's when I'll, I'll write a, 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 post, you know, kind of detailing. My experience was terrible. This is why it was terrible. Um, and I'll give detailed like information as to why. I won't just like kind of throw like a blanketed statement of this place sucks. Um. And then just let it be, you know, I'll, I'll provide information as to why. Because I feel like I'm, I'm, at the end of the day, I'm writing more for the, the diner than I am for the restaurant. You know, I'm, I'm the way I see it, it's a, I'm, I'm kind of giving the diner a heads up as to, this was my experience. There's a likelihood you might have the same experience. And I hate for you to or waste your money because I know I just blew $90 on a dinner that was awful.
0: I would agree. Uh, all right, let's, let's go back to social media for a second.
1: Yes. Yeah, so uh, I was just looking over your social channels, and, you know, you're posting beautiful photos on Facebook, on Twitter, on Pinterest, on Instagram, and you have pretty sizable followings on all of them. Um, which social media channels would you suggest to our listeners to spend the most time investing their time in?
2: Honestly, I would say Instagram right now. I mean, Facebook... To get anyone to get you uh, to see your content on Facebook is almost impossible. Um, Twitter, I believe, tw- uh, any tweet has like a half life of about an hour and a half. Um, so th- those you have to be kind of like constantly on top of. But I-, I feel like Instagram is like the easiest to to reach several people at once, um, and you can it's easy to to start up a conversation on Instagram within the the comment section. Um, and I'm trying to get dip my toe into Snapchat, but I feel like that, that's just too much for me right now.
0: When you're when you're out dining, or you you got a photo you want to post, are you gonna post it to all of the networks at the same time, or even at all?
2: I'll post like let's say okay, I go to a restaurant right now. I'll post the picture after I leave um, the restaurant. Um, I've I've had some kind of creepy experiences when I've posted the picture like while I'm still at the restaurant. So I've kind of just made it a rule for myself that I'll post a picture after I leave. Um, You know, a lot of times I'll go dine by myself. Um, And I've had time, at the very beginning specifically, like when I would post a picture while I was still at the restaurant, I would have people show up at the restaurant with holding their phone, looking around to see if they could find me. Um, Or I would have people say, hey, I'm at the bar and I'm looking for you. Where are you? Creepy. That's, kind of, that's kind of, yeah, it's kind of creepy, especially if I'm by myself, so I've just kind of made it a rule for myself that if, when I post a picture of, like, I don't know, ribs I had at some restaurant, I'll, I'll post them after I leave.
0: That makes a lot of sense. So, okay. Carrie, if you're going to, if you take a post, uh, I'm sorry, if you take a picture of a food item at a restaurant, do you post it to all the social networks that you're working with?
2: Um, For the most part, like, I mean, if I just posted something on Twitter five minutes ago... I'll hold off on posting it on Twitter, and I'll maybe like post it like a little bit later. But eventually, it will end up on Twitter.
0: So if somebody if somebody really liked what you're doing, but they preferred a particular social network, they could get similar content on their their preferred social network. As somebody who might be following you on a different one.
2: Um, for the most part, I mean, I know my Facebook. I barely, I don't post a lot of my Instagram photos on there. So I usually encourage anybody on Facebook. Um, but if they they like what the food photos that I post, to feel free to share uh, to join me on on Instagram. Just because not all the photos make it to Facebook. Um. So, but for the most part, yes. But, I mean, I do try to share similar content across the board.
0: Well, that's we. I mean, you have you have almost four times as many followers there as as I think your next biggest one is. Do you think there's any particular reason why Instagram works so well for you, other than obvious?
2: You know, I don't know. Um, it, it It's kind of just how it's worked out. I mean, I guess, you know, people want to see a picture of an oozing grilled cheese more than they want to read 140 characters about it. Um, so so it ends up being, again, back to that instant gratification and that food porn that people just would rather see a picture of something and instead of read it or, or Facebook it, I guess.
0: So there, I'm sure there was a day in time when you were posting food photos to Instagram and they were not getting 900 likes. What what would what would, what was the difference? Like what made the difference between you know a couple of local people going oh yeah that's nice, but to 900 likes a photo? You
2: know I mean it, it, I started off with zero followers, <laughs> um, you know, and it, I think it's just being for me consistently posting pictures of food. Um, For me, you know, I I, I make it a rule for myself. No selfies, no pictures of my face, no pictures of my dog, no pictures of me and my workout outfits or a a sunset or a beach picture unless there's food somewhere in in the photo. Um, You know, and I I keep it kind of disciplined in that regard where, you know, 99% of all the photos will be a picture of food of some sort or a flyer for maybe, like, an upcoming food event. But at the end of the day, it goes back to food. Um, you know, and and I try to keep it very straight to the point. Um, and I've always been a big proponent of hashtags. I mean, I know there's other bloggers that refuse to use them, but they've worked out for me, um, you know, and I, I use them on every single photo. So I know that's definitely helpful.
0: How do, you, uh, how do you manage your hashtag clouds?
2: Um, I have them all written out. On, like on my phone, there's, you know, the little notepad app. Um, I just kind of have them all written out there, and I just copy and paste them. Nowadays, I copy and paste them within maybe a couple minutes of having posted the photo, and I'll add a, a few more hashtags kind of specifying what the, what the picture shows. And that, that's pretty much it. Um, what I try to do, though, which is, um, I try to use hashtags to larger accounts that tend to do shoutouts. So, you,
0: can you explain that a little bit, please?
2: Okay. So, like a larger account, maybe Foodbeast, Foodbeast.com. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they tend to do shoutouts regularly on their Instagram. Um, so, if a, an account that has well over 100,000 likes does a shout-out or kind of reposts your photo, um, you'll get, like, a sudden surge of followers because they're kind of promoting you for uh, on, on their Instagram. Um, you'll also, if if I post a picture of a Shake Shack burger and they do the same thing with their hashtag Shake Shack or a Shack, a shack fan, you know, you know, they'll they'll repost your photo and then you'll get a surge of followers from them because the followers that are following Shake Shack will probably want to follow another food account that maybe gives them a little bit more variety than burgers and crinkle-cut fries.
0: <laughs> so when you're so, – all right, so Shake Shack's a good example. So if you go to, you know, some other local uh, whatever, you go to a sandwich joint and you eat an Italian sandwich, now are you tagging that Italian sandwich joint, or are you tagging other food accounts or both?
2: Um, no, I don't tag other accounts. Um, I'll just tag the, the, the joint.
0: Okay, so all right, so you're not saying that like, like, you, know, just because Brad likes burgers, you wouldn't necessarily eat a burger and then tag Brad into it.: Yeah. Okay.
2: No, I mean, I, I, if, ta- if Brad has a hashtag, Brad but does have a hashtag, by
0: the way. Brad has several <laughs> hashtags.
2: There you go. Well, then in, I would use his hashtags, but I wouldn't, like, tag his account into the photo.
0: Got it. And then what's, uh, you know, listen, so if, with the hashtag thing, some people put them in the post, some people don't use them, some people put them in a, in a different post, some people in a different time. Do you sort of have, like, a best practices that you think works in terms of using hashtags?
2: Um, I mean... Yeah, I, I I definitely against using them all in the same post, especially if you like share that post onto Facebook and now your Facebook post has like a thousand hashtags. Um, you know, I think that deters from the deters the reader from from the actual point of just sharing the photo because now they're looking at a hundred hashtags, trying to make sense of them all. Um, I always post them in a separate comment. Um, and you know, try to keep the actual like caption of the photo um, brief and to the point.
0: I, and I, I don't know if if you guys are, or any of the listeners are aware of this, but uh, it used to be on Instagram where you could take a photo and post it at any point, and then at any other point later, you could put the hashtag on it, and it sort of put it up to the, queue, the first to the top of the queue for hashtags. Mm-hmm. Instagram has recently changed that. Uh, so now it's about when you post the photo. So if you're posting a photo and you're going to put hashtags up, you kind of want to do it right away. Otherwise, you'll lose the momentum of, of using that hashtag. Do, uh, do any of the social networks drive more traffic to the blog than any of the others?
2: Um, interesting, interestingly enough, um, the Instagram, I guess because it does have a larger following, it, it does drive more traffic to the blog. But other than... Other than that, I would say definitely Twitter. Twitter definitely drives more more traffic my way to the actual blog than than I would say like Facebook or Pinterest.
0: And do you think that's be because you're sharing links there, or is it the photos, or it's the type of, of medium, or people there? What do you think that drives that?
2: I definitely think it's, it's kind of just sweet and to the point, um, where I'll I'll give like a quick snippet about what the blog post is about, um, the link, and then maybe a photo. Um, if I can put it in there and if I can't and then it's just straight into the point. Um but I think it's just it's just the type of person also that, that follows Twitter. There people that follow Twitter at least this is a total generalization, but you know they're there to, to get information. Um whereas people on Facebook are, you know, they're trying to ruffle through engagement photos and baby pictures and oh look there's a blog post. Um so I think I think it's more direct in that sense.
0: All right, so Carrie, let's let's talk. Uh, you know something we haven't really touched on here yet in, in the show. Uh, your photos look amazing. Um, I, I often find myself wanting to lick whatever screen I'm am viewing them on. Is there any tips that you can give people out there to take uh, take better food photos?
2: Natural light is your best friend. Um, I I definitely encourage like taking taking your food pictures next to like a window. Um, Trying to get as much natural light as you can. Um, I use an iPhone 6 for all my photos. Um, people usually ask me what camera to use. I'm like, whatever is in the iPhone. Like, I have no idea. But natural light is definitely your best friend. Um, and just kind of play with angles. I take for every one picture that gets posted on Instagram, there's at least 10 others that didn't make the cut. So I take t- several pictures, so I have something to, I have a few to pick from.
0: And do you, do you position the food against the light in, the, in a similar direction with every photo, or do you play around with it?
2: I play around with it. I mean, um, I, I, I play around with it till I get, like, a, a shot and an angle and, and the lighting the way I want. Um, but I, I definitely, you know, take tons of pictures before I finally settle on, like, okay, this one's my best one. Um, and, yeah, just you know, just play around with it till, till you get something you like.
0: Okay. Uh, in terms of photos, do you keep every photo that you take?
2: Unfortunately, I
0: <laughs> so, so where I do you keep? I have
2: like fifteen thousand photos in my phone, and about twelve thousand of them are food.
1: So you just have to every time you upgrade your phone, get the biggest phone.
2: Oh yeah, pretty much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, do you store them off the phone anywhere?
2: No, that's actually going to be my next project. I, I definitely need to keep like some sort of hard drive backup of these photos just so I can free up space on my phone.
0: There's
1: definitely a digital hoarding mindset that goes into blogging in general, I think.
2: Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally, totally. I,
0: I remember when I first started my blog, I would take like one or two photos of a hamburger and be like, okay, we're good, and then I would, I would post whatever it is, and I notice now that I will take 15, 20, 30... Uh, you know, like when I when I did the hot dog eating contest the other day, I took 238 photos. <laughs> yeah, but you posted all of them. <laughs> 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 Maybe a little. <laughs> Maybe a little. No,
2: but yeah, I definitely take a lot more pictures now than I did when I first started. That is for sure.
0: I'm a big fan of, uh, of OneDrive. So a lot of people tell you to use Dropbox or Box or any of those other ones, and I'm not saying they're bad, but I am an advocate for OneDrive. Yeah, you can get they 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 give up a lot of free storage. Like you can get thirty free gigs out of nowhere, uh, and if you're sharing as links, so if like you have a photo or a folder and you share it with somebody, it doesn't matter as long as if you keep moving it around in the full in the folder in the cloud, that link never dies. So let's say like you just throw them all up in, and then you decide to go organize them into different folders later, the links stay live. So it's good from a sharing aspect. Um, you you can also turn on in the background. Uploading, and so like any time your phone hits Wi-Fi, if you've taken pictures, it'll just upload them into a folder that you designate. Oh, nice! Oh man, yeah.
2: I'm definitely gonna have to check that
1: out. Big, big fan, big fan. Well, we're coming up on the end of the podcast here, and we have some uh, because Rev and I are both huge burger guys. We have some standard hamburger-related questions that we ask everyone. What was your favorite burger from childhood?
2: This um, simple. Burger off the grill that my dad would make, um, American cheese, ketchup, and on Cuban bread, not a regular bun.
0: Explain to our listeners who might not know what Cuban bread is <laughs> what that means.
2: Cuban bread, it's, it's heavenly loaf <laughs> of bread that's made out of lard and, and yeast and and flour. It's it's very very simple but very very Oh, delicious.
0: <laughs> I want. I want that now. <laughs> All right. What was the What was the last burger you ate?
2: Uh, last burger I ate was actually an arepa burger from Pincho Factory here in Miami.
0: Oh, um, so for people that don't know, arepa is like a sweet corn cake, right? That was used as the buttons?
2: Yes. Yes. So uh, it's a deep fried corn cake. Um, with the burger, it had like a cilantro sauce. Um, little like papitas which is like julienne fries. Um, it had like a pink sauce. And what else is in there? Oh, and a, like a farmer's cheese. It's a very like soft white, almost like mozzarella type cheese.
0: Oh, man. I, I want this right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, last question, Carrie. What is the one piece of advice you would give to someone to get in- into the food marketing business or into food marketing in general?
2: Um, you know, be honest, which is I know easier said than done sometimes, but but you know, speak from the heart to to whether to whatever your audience is, um, because a lot of times your your reader or your follower, whoever it is, can can pick up the BS if or whatever type of BS you're trying to spew to them. You know, just try to be honest and and be true to yourself at the end of the day, because. If your conscience is clean because you, you said something was amazing when you know deep down it just was not, um, and you're trying to sell people on on a product that you don't believe in yourself, people pick up on that, and and you'll lose your own credibility.
0: I think I think that's why everybody really loved that uh that old lady that reviewed the Olive Garden on Yelp and was just super earnest because it was honest. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you I know, mean, that's exactly right.
0: Carrie, it's been a a real pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you for sharing some insight with uh with our listeners. Where can people find out more about you?
2: Um And is that uh is that, the,
0: is that the place if they if they really want to get into what you're doing? Is that the the number one place to find you at?
2: Yeah, that'll be the number one place to find me at and they'll be able to find links to any of the social media um, outlets there. Um, there's also an about me section that gives you like a little snippet of, of what I'm about and what my vlogs about. Um, and that's pretty much the, the place for me.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, today. We really, really appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much for having me. Good luck, guys.
0: Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Like, Bite, and Share. We hope you found today's interview insightful. If you didn't get a chance to write down everything, no worries. We take the show notes for you. Go to schweidandsons.com podcast to find them. If you enjoy the show, we ask for one favor, and that's please give us a rating in iTunes. That helps us to spread the word to others who might find this valuable like you do. If you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please subscribe on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss a future episode featuring helpful tips from other professionals in the food marketing business.
1: Stay hungry.